Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. Today's edition, I actually discovered our guest kind of on Clubhouse. I, I, I was a part of a, a group that I really enjoyed. Is really a lot of people in economic development and and uh, place setting. And a part of this group, and I'll give credit where credit's due. His name is Grant Carlisle, and he was telling me about this new program at Miami of Ohio and their internship, or I'm sorry, their entrepreneurship department. And it was about like economic placemaking. And I was like, no way, that's really interesting. So I dug a little deep and researched, and sure enough, I, I found Tim Holcomb. Uh, made a few calls, and he was gracious enough to do this interview. I learned a lot from it. I learned about some of their history, about their entrepreneurship program. But uh, again, most importantly, the the really uniqueness of this class in particular is what I really um, was intrigued about and wanted to, to talk about more. But uh, it got bigger than that. We we talk a lot about the program itself, and then and some of the things that are the outcomes from um, what the students are doing there. So it was a fantastic interview. Um, if it brings you value, and I think it will, I recommend that you reach out and, and maybe share this with some friends. Uh, and as always, we really thoroughly appreciate it if uh, you recommend our show. Well, anyway, I've gabbed enough. I know that you'll enjoy this one. Without further ado, from Miami of Ohio, Mr. Tim Holcomb. All right, now we're joined by Tim Holcomb. He is with the University of Miami uh, in Ohio, and, and I've got to set this up by saying I had already heard so many unique things about what Miami of Ohio was doing in the sphere of innovation and entrepreneurship. So I, I reached out to Tim a couple weeks ago. We started comparing notes on all the people we knew each other uh, and, and, and all the similar um, experiences we had, and I was like, man, I cannot wait to have this guy on the podcast. So... That was a rolling intro, Tim. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Don. I couldn't um, I, I, I couldn't be more excited to be here with you today. Yeah. So, to be fair, I, I was told I, I was in this. Ironically enough, I was just new to it, and I dabble a little bit. There's this thing called Clubhouse, uh, and and this whole Clubhouse group was literally about. Um, entrepreneurial ecosystems, but in, in, in many ways, it was about placemaking um, and, and how you create those quality of life and, and, and uh, entrepreneurial ecosystems. And, and then somebody reached out and said, actually, they have a class on almost exactly that at Miami of Ohio. And I was like, nah. And so I immediately that day called the switchboard <laughs> at, at the college. And I'm like, Okay, I heard that there's a rumor of, oh, man, yes, and uh, you should talk to Tim Holcomb, so here we are. Uh, explain to everybody a little bit about not just that class, but just your program in general. Sure, Don. I'll, I'll uh, be happy to talk a little bit about the work we're doing in the ecosystem building frontier, but a little bit about it's uh, Miami University, uh, just to, to clarify your earlier point. Uh, we uh, we like to say we were a university when Florida was still owned by the Spanish. So uh, we've been around for about 200 and uh, about 210, 212 years. Uh, the program, the entrepreneurship program, was launched in the early 1990s. 1992 is when the first class was taught. So we're closing out to rounding out our third decade in uh, teaching uh, entrepreneurship at the uh, undergraduate level. You know, Miami University is known best for its um, uh, success in undergraduate teaching, ranked among the top, top five, top 10 uh, universities for undergraduate teaching uh, in the nation for the past decade. The uh, business school has been the farmer school of business where the 
Department of Entrepreneurship and the John W. Altman Institute for Entrepreneurship are housed is also a top 15 program as well. And then, of course, we're really, really proud of the fact that our entrepreneurship program has been ranked in the top 10 among uh, public schools in the nation for, for 13 consecutive years. And then last year, we were blessed uh, to receive the NASDAQ Center of Entrepreneurial Excellence Award given annually to the top entrepreneurship program in the world. So we've, we've been at this process for a while. We pride ourselves in the work that we do with the undergraduate population. And there are probably three things, uh, three elements of our program that are uh, uniquely Miami, if I could steal that phrase. The first is that we're, while we're housed in the business school at Miami, the Farmer School of Business, we are an interdisciplinary program. Uh, last year, we had 3,219 undergraduates at Miami University, roughly 20% of the undergraduate population take at least one entrepreneurship course in the uh, fiscal year 2020. What's interesting about that number is we had at least one student from 117 of Miami's 126 majors across campus. Roughly 93% of the majors at uh, Miami and the, at the undergraduate level are represented in our numbers. The second thing that's unique about our program, and this is something that we really, really pride ourselves in, is that we have designed our curricular and co-curricular programs to be practice-based and immersive uh, in nature. So uh, a lot of schools are talking about experiential learning and the value of, of uh, providing students opportunities uh, in the market. Uh, we've taken that the next step and we've integrated uh, practice-based immersive learning into the curricular programming. Uh, I know the uh, provost of Miami gets uh, a little nervous every time I say this, but we have 18 uh, courses in our core curriculum and we have zero textbooks. Every one of our courses have a uh, project program uh, related basis to it. So, you know, anything from starting a company to uh, doing agile or scrum related projects and helping uh, companies in innovation related projects. The third thing that's unique about our, pro our, our program is that um, we are intentionally integrated with the uh, startup and business ecosystem. I'm sure every university will tout the fact that they have professionals uh, in the classroom. Uh, and that makes an awful lot of sense, certainly when we're dealing with entrepreneurship. We've taken that to the next step as well. Last year, for example, Don, we had 705 startup and business professionals engaged with our student population in one of three ways, either in the classroom, uh, sharing in, in a guest presentation format, sharing their experience and starting a company, running a company, uh, or developing a new product, introducing a new product, um, or actually teaching specific courses. For example, our venture capital, our 10-week venture capital immersion program is taught exclusively by institutional investors from across the U.S. Um, the second way we engage with the uh, startup and business ecosystem is um, in a mentoring and coaching capacity. Last year, we had 36 student-led startups launch from Miami University. Every one of those startups had at, at least one. Most of them had two or more subject matter ex experts and mentors from across the U.S. 
engaged to support the uh, student founders. The third way, and frankly, another unique aspect of our program is uh, in terms of the integration with the ecosystem is our Altman Summer Scholars Internship Program. This is uniquely Miami. Uh, we decoupled uh, our entrepreneurship internship program from career services and academic advising about seven years ago. And we run the program as a standalone, fully funded initiative that provides our co-majors and minors, upwards of 100 co-majors and minors a year, the opportunity to work uh, for a summer uh, inside the ecosystem, either with a startup, um, with a social venture, uh, with an angel group, uh, a venture capital firm, um, an impact investing firm, uh, or with uh, a, uh, an innovation team at a, at a corporate client like uh, Fifth Third or Scripps or uh, Kroger. And so when we, when we talk about our program, we're, we're really proud of the fact that we do some things that are unique. And we, we frankly, we, we have a pretty good sense that it's working, Don, um, in terms of both in terms of the, our ability to place students in uh, positions with some of the leading innovative firms in the in the U.S. that um, uh, you know have high-paying starting salaries. Our our graduates in fiscal year 2020 led the way uh, for uh, uh, in terms of starting salary and first-year signing bonus <clears throat> for all programs in the pharma school of business, which is interesting. But it's even more interesting when you when you factor in the the uh, the, the fact that we have over over sixty uh, percent of our uh, co-majors uh, are from majors outside the former school of business. So we we've done a lot of things uh, over the course of the last three decades. <clears throat> we, <clears throat> excuse me. We put the pieces together in a more formalized institutional way about five or six years ago, Don, and we're really really excited with the, uh, at least the early returns and the early results that we've had. The, uh, the program that you mentioned, our ecosystem uh, building um, uh, course or part of our program actually is an extension of work uh, that has uh, developed from uh, one of our faculty members, Mark Lacker. Uh, and Mark has been with us uh, well over a decade. He's actually a Miami alum and, and ran his own national uh, event uh, management uh, company before joining our faculty in the the late 2000s. Mark Lacker, along with Eric Weissman. Eric is a vice president at Centrifuge. Eric has been uh, intimately involved in, in uh, the Kaufman Foundation and their initiatives around ecosystem building. Um, Eric is also one of our seven entrepreneurs in residence. And uh, he, together with Mark Lacker, uh, fashioned together a uh, ecosystem building course that we're now in our second year of running. And that ecosystem building course uh, exposes our students to uh, key organizations and entities in um, individual startup ecosystems from startup accelerators to corporate clients to government agencies for policy purposes and uh, obviously uh, the uh, educational institutions that provide much needed human capital to support uh, ecosystem growth. Yeah, back up a little bit. I, I when you're talking about some of the things that were um, really unique about the program, I, I think uh, I was thinking about uh, what they always say about golf, actually a lot of sports, you know, I like, talk about golf, like, oh, it's 90% mental. Um, with the cross-pollination of like wanting to get students of all different majors 
a taste of that entrepreneurial <laughs> essence it, it is, you know, a lot of people talk about is the mindset. It like, it's just, it's just great that I don't, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a you know, pharmacy major uh, or, 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 a, you know, a teaching major, having a little bit of that sprinkled in entrepreneurial mindset is so key. And I, and I, and I think that's, I, why I love hearing. Matter of fact, same thing when we ran our, our state competition, you know, we gave away all this curriculum to schools and I go, oh, should we send it to the business department? And I said, send it to whoever wants it. You know, we, we, had, we had teachers that were using it for their home ec class because um, they were finding those attitudes of owning something when you saw a, a, an opportunity and, 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 you know, wanting to build and scale something and build and scale a team. So I, A, I love that. Um, that, you know, you're, you're just trying to cross pollinate, uh, that first intro mindset. Um, but the, the, yeah, the, the placemaking, um, when did you decide like, a like, when did this course become a thing? And, and what was the, uh, precipice of like, Hey, we need to, we need to start talking about quality of life and placemaking, uh, and then bring it into the curriculum. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> It actually came out of some work that um, actually Mark and Eric were doing together as part of a, um, a workshop, a webinar that uh, Kaufman, had, Kaufman Foundation had asked uh, Eric to, to put together. Eric reached out to Mark, this was about two years ago, and the two of them collaborated on what was um, uh, an, an, an industry-focused uh, webinar, and we kind of took that and, and internalized that as a, a key element of our our program, and frankly, it was—it's been—it's in, been instilled. It, it being ecosystem building, the notion, the concept, Don, has been instilled in our program for the past six years. Uh, in 2015, to answer your question, kind of when did we get uh, begin to really build that interdisciplinary focus? We we um, we began the process in um, the mid 2010s, 2015 to be exact, when we uh, did away with our major and replaced it with a co-major with a fundamental belief. Uh, that uh, no one uh, discipline, no one college, no one uh, uh, division, in the case of Miami, owns a franchise on entrepreneurship. Is the interesting to uh, uh, a fact that's quite interesting for us is the fact that uh, today we have nine Miami graduates running uh, unicorns, Miami-led companies that have a billion-dollar valuation or, or more. Only two of those are led by business school graduates which means the other seven are, are led by uh, graduates of our College of Arts and Sciences, College of Creative Arts, uh, College of Engineering and uh, Computing, um, and our education college as well. So uh, I think for that very fact, understanding that entrepreneurship is, um, uh, as many refer to it, the next liberal arts or the next humanities, it's a, it's a discipline that's shared by many talents. And um, so we've We've made it a, a point to recruit and include, um, or in, as the term might, might apply here, cast a wide net. Um, the ecosystem building part of it has been part of our program since we launched our internship uh, specialty in uh, 2013, the Altman Summer Scholars Program. Our program is unique uh, in that we've decoupled it, but a couple of other things that we've done that's unique as well is we don't we don't drop students into uh, startups uh, and leave them there for 10 weeks. We drop them in and then we provide ongoing mentoring and support. And then 
pre-COVID at least, we actually had faculty that would visit uh, Chicago, San Francisco, New York, uh, Austin, and the other markets where we have a concentration of students. And as part of that um, mentoring process would actually take students to visit other ecosystem players in that market with a fundamental, fundamental belief that they would, uh, they would expand their knowledge and understanding and awareness about how the various players integrate to create uh, positive economic development e in each market. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I say this lovingly because um, we're your neighbors. We're here in Indiana and you're obviously there in Ohio. Oftentimes, uh, the Midwest, well, no, let's, just, let's just be honest with each other, other than a handful of states, and we all know which states they are, you, there's this misnomer that you can only be entrepreneurial in, you know, Washington, California, New York, Massachusetts, maybe thrown to Texas and Florida. Um, what is the, because like, obviously you guys are, some of the success is starting to speak for itself and, 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 and some of the data and some of the, the network you guys are building. What is the uh, best backhanded compliment you guys have received? Because like often, like oftentimes with Midwestern people, it's the shock and awe. Because like I, with ours, like you guys started this in Indiana. Um, so what what are some backhanded compliments and this satisfaction that you're like, yes, we built that here. Yeah, I had no idea you guys could do that. Um, <laughs> is probably the best way to put it. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a great point, Don. And and uh, as a as a region, the Midwest were probably our own worst enemy in that we don't um, you know, promote the successes. Uh, Indianapolis is a great example. It's a, it's a wonderful uh, with exact target and some of the other successes in, uh, uh, in Indianapolis. It's a great, but Columbus, uh, tremendous success, successes over the course of the last uh, decade in particular, Cincinnati, Cleveland, of course, Chicago is is uh, a powerful, uh, a powerhouse as well. But I think one of the, the, the challenges we face as a region, this is as, as someone who was born and raised in the South, uh, it's probably even a, a step further back in terms of their ability to really articulate, communicate and market the successes in the, in the region. And it's part of it, Don, part of it is uh, what makes, I think the West, or excuse me, the Midwest um, such a special place is that was, there actually is a lot of humility here. Uh, and, and, and we, we often, um, you know, humble ourselves in, in uh, important and special ways, but in doing so, we forget that if we don't uh, tell our story effectively to those outside the region, then we're missing a great opportunity to, to, to create inbound traffic back to the region. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and I, I think, Ed, boy, I'm going to get myself in trouble for saying this, but uh, the, the, the humility, yes. But I, I also will like to say the frugality, but that can be a catch-22. Uh, oftentimes, um, and I'm not saying this just for Indianapolis, you know, I, like you said, Columbus, uh, Milwaukee, I mean, heck, generators started from Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, but a, a lot of times, we'll get into this, um, it's so cheap to do business here. And that's such a, uh, just, I always cringe when I hear that because, you know, you'd rather be, you know, the worst house in a really nice neighborhood kind of mentality instead of like, oh, it's so cotton pick and cheap because no one wants to be here. That's not the case. Yes, the costs are lower than San Francisco and, and New York, duh. 
But uh, you know, the, there is there is a realisticness about uh, Midwestern businesses. Now that's also harder for unicorns, and like we're we're going off of a feel, and we want to go big or go home. But yeah, the humility, the cost of doing business are such a great things as long as we don't view them as as cheap. Um, <laughs> that that being said, you guys are an institution in the Midwest. Uh, when you guys export some of these students out, you know, you said you, you've got quite a few students that are interning in, in the coast or in the Austins and places like that. Um, is there, and you said, you don't just drop them off and say, good luck, kid. Um, what is, what has that been? I mean, are, like, are they coming back with shock and awe or are they interjecting some of their Midwestern charm there to the coasts as well? You know, it's, it's, a, it's another great question. I think it's probably a, it's probably a mix of both, Don. And I think part of that could be as much a function of the allure of, uh, you know, working in Silicon Valley or New York, Boston corridor. Uh, I think some of that could be a function as well of um, resource, resources, supply. I mean, it's, it, it, com it comes no, as no surprise as, to uh, anyone that works uh, in the startup ecosystem in, in the Midwest, that we are um, only today kind of catching up with, at least on the, the capital side, slowly but surely, painfully slow, uh, catching up on the capital side as it relates to, you know, seed, series A, growth equity. You know, the, the drive capital is a great example of that in, in Columbus with Mark and, and uh, Mark Kwame and um, Chris Olson, the two of them, um, boomerang to uh, the, the Midwest after a stint in, uh, I believe it was Sequoia, if I'm not mistaken, in uh, Silicon Valley, set up Drive Capital with the basic premise that um, the Midwest alone was the third or fourth or fifth, whatever the number is, largest, would be the third or fourth largest uh, country from a GDP standpoint were it a standalone nation. Uh, yet the availability of capital, the richness and the availability of capital uh, has been somewhat muted here. And, and I see, so I think on the one hand, we have great opportunities in that we've got wonderful institutions. Miami doesn't own the franchise on being the best and the only uh, uh, educational uh, institution in higher ed for sure. Um, you know, the Ohio states and the Michigans and Michigan states, Indiana, Illinois, so on and so forth, generate tremendous graduates. Um, but the opportunities to keep them here are as much a function of the availability and the richness of the resources as it is the opportunity to actually excel and create uh, a startup. A good example of that, uh, Don, for, for Miami is we have a, a recent grad, grad of ours, actually two, two recent grads of our entrepreneurship program, uh, Michael Marksberry and Rithvik Vena, both of whom were zoology and uh, animal biology uh, majors and then co-majored in entrepreneurship started a, a company called Oros, which is today arguably the fastest growing apparel and fabric technology company in the nation, uh, having taken um, technology from NASA, um, found a way to uh, institute, or excuse me, to commercialize that technology uh, and apply it into uh, extreme outerwear. It's an insulative technology that today is used in spacesuits, the Mars rover, and the space shuttle. Um, and they launched the company here in Cincinnati, uh, but uh, two years ago moved to Portland, Oregon, specifically because they had uh, limited resource availability here in the Midwest. 
for the types of skills and capital that they needed to fund and scale their business. So, you know, I think we've got a lot of opportunities in the Midwest. I do think that there's a, um, there may be some resource constraints that we still kind of working through the details on and, and hopefully in the next decade or yeah. so we'll get that figured out. Well, I think that with the pandemic, it, it technically favored some of the mid-majors, um, you know, as people wanted to take a look at their tax bill on some of these places and just didn't want to be in a hyper-populated uh, city. Uh, they're starting to relocate and, and starting to reconsider some of these places. Uh, that being said, I'll, I'll steer in the direction of, you know, placemaking placemaking around the university. I'm assuming some of your students were also taking a look at the ecosystem and just the quality of life around campus. Yeah. Indeed. Well, you know, um, we'll have to expand the use of the term around campus for us, because as, as you know, Oxford's a, a um, wonderful city. It's I was a just going to say beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's, yeah. it's idyllic. No, I, my sister darn near went there and uh, I've got a couple of friends that, that went there. So I've been on campus several times and, and yes, you're right. It's more than just campus. Oxford is, is really pretty. Um, we have a number of our, our, our um, uh, graduates that do remain in the, in the area to use that term more broadly. But we have a large concentration of alumni in, not surprisingly, Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland, together with uh, um, Chicago would probably be the four largest uh, landing spots or markets for our graduates, at least in the, uh, in the region. Uh, certainly, we have graduates that go to, to other markets like Indianapolis, Nashville, and um, uh, Lexington, and a few others like that. But, but largely, our, our alumni, we actually surprisingly draw and from a, a graduating senior, high school senior standpoint, we uh, draw surprisingly well from the Chicago area. Uh, Barrington is a Barrington High School, for example, is a has played a big role in sending students our way through their uh, incubator EDU program, graduates of that program into the entrepreneurship program at Miami University. Yeah, I, I, actually, it's funny. I've heard of Barrington uh, for the for the uh, their accelerator program, and then also. Actually, have one of the best video departments in the country. That's I. Uh, I used to be a videography teacher when I was in high school, and we would study their uh, their films, and we we're like, "Oh man!" So yeah, they they we. It's funny. It's funny how great schools just make themselves known, and and their students and their work speaks for themselves. Uh, well, well, Tim, I man, I appreciate you being on. I I was just so excited, and and really even to recap some of the things you said, integrating an entrepreneurial mindset and some of the basics into any major is just such a great thing. Um, and, and the fact that you guys have these kind of internships and, and you're giving them these experiences uh, because I mean, let's just be honest, the elephant in the room is some, sometimes I'll talk to people about, you know, studying entrepreneurship, Well, you don't need to study entrepreneurship. You can just go straight. And, and, and in some cases, if your market is very easy, okay, awesome. But there's a lot of complex markets. And so um, seeing, you know, and, and, and heck, the new focus and, and, you know, one of the reasons why we're doing this new segment on Mondays is, is exactly this. We want to see the ecosystems that are being built and the fact that you guys have created an ecosystem, but now you even have a class talking about placemaking and ecosystem building is, is, is ahead of its time and, and one to honor it and uh, give you some time on the, on the podcast today, because um, you know, whether, like you said, you know, so, some of the entrepreneurs that have come out of your college have come from different walks of life. 
Um, but the fact that they're all kind of wetting their beak, so to speak, uh, and then they're, they're finding those opportunities. They have that mindset. Gosh, I, I just, you know, from a guy that uh, gets it and tries to get high schoolers to, to see this opportunity, I'm so glad that you guys are, are uh, really doing the, the services, not just for your students, but then obviously the cities they serve, the ideas that come to fruition, the, the, the quality of life initiatives that, that come to life because your students are, are seeking that out. Um, yeah, so, salute to you. So people are listening to this, they wanna know more, maybe they have a child that might be interested, maybe they just wanna go visit downtown Oxford. Uh, how can they get a hold of you or find more information, Tim? Well, they can reach us uh, via email. Is probably the easiest way to do it. You know, with the, the COVID situation, we're just easing ourselves back into full operation of our um, of our offices. But the email address would be entrepreneur entrepreneurship at miamioh.edu. That's clearly the best way to reach us. Easy entrepreneurship at miamioh.edu. Very good. Well, again, Tim, man, appreciate all your work you guys are doing. Tell the staff, thank you for, I, I, as soon as I called, oh, we know he need to talk to you, you need to talk to him, and, and gosh. And and again, for our, our first previous talks, and you've already been a, a wealth of information, and uh, if there's anything we can do over here to help you out, uh, please let us know. But in the meantime, thank you so much for being on the show. You bet, Don. I really appreciate it. Enjoyed the time with you.